Welcome back to another Eat Speed podcast, the most delicious podcast in the Metroplex, going on another year, 2019. Here we are. I'm Bud Kennedy. I'm Robert Philpott. And Steve Wilson. We want to catch up on some of the last-minute New Year's Eve choices in case you're catching this before the New Year. But mostly, we want to talk about what you need on New Year's Day, and that's black-eyed peas. So I brought black-eyed peas for everybody today. Uh, Robert, Steve, have you dived in? I've finished mine. I just uh, kind of scarfed them before the podcast. These are from uh, Hofbrau. These are from Hofbrau Steaks, which theirs is a ranch-style black-eyed peas. Uh, They have, uh, oh gosh, I mean, they have chili powder. They have a little bit of of, uh, of uh, chipotle. They have uh, they have garlic. Uh, they have everything good you'd want in black eyed peas. It's none of this like uh, simmered in fat back or anything like that. It's all spiced up Texas style. Yeah. Although there are a little couple, couple of pieces of bacon or ham. There is a little yeah. bacon in there. That's yeah, right. that and jalapenos and tomato. Too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, it's it's a spicy. It's a Texas black eyed peas. How do you like them, Steve? Oh, it's very good. Yeah. I I love mine. I. I thought they were really nice and spicy. It, uh, Steve said he didn't think his were spicy, and we, we both have pretty spice uh, attuned palates. Well, you know, I, I think that these are the kind of black-eyed peas that if you're somebody, I don't put beans in my chili. Mm-hmm. If you're going to put peas in your chili, you could almost put these in your chili. These almost have enough chili taste. If you want to get away from just eating a bowl of black-eyed peas and just mm-hmm. scatter a few in your bowl of Texas chili on on, uh, on New Year's Day, you could do that. Uh, I, I'm I thought of these because I think Hofbrau is one of the few places that has black-eyed peas every day of the year. It doesn't have to be New Year's Day. We usually, uh, around New Year's Day, we usually get our black-eyed peas. Uh, I forget the brand, but it's a Texas caviar that we've been able to find at Central Market. It's been a little more haphazard in the past It's kind of years. a dip, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a dip, but uh, kind mm-hmm. of uh, just we've, we've made, uh, like, uh, used it for nachos, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, let's see. The Texas caviar was created by uh, was it Nima Marcus? Uh, yeah, the chef from Nima Marcus back uh, way back. And uh, there, there's uh, somebody proposed um, an interesting way of getting your black-eyed peas uh, this uh, this New Year's from uh, Fort Worth Black-Eyed Distilling. It's uh, BLK EYED <laughs> Distilling, which makes a vodka from black-eyed peas. How much vodka do you have to drink to get the same? luck of a cup of black eyed peas oh i think after two or three shots you're going to feel pretty lucky <laughs> yeah i would think it's uh, actually concentrated so just a little sip which should get you yeah, like a, a whole can full so of- that's the best way to get your black eyed peas well that'd be good particularly new year's morning if you need a little something new year's morning to to help you get up and get over the uh, i mean this tradition of eating black eyed peas have you all eaten black eyed peas your whole life yeah uh, i've as long as I can remember, it's a Southern tradition, but I, I, you know more about where the tradition came from than I do. But I, my mom my mom and dad were both from the South. My mom's from Texas. My dad uh, is from Mississippi. And we grew up eating black-eyed peas uh, on New Year's Day for, for luck. And I, I, my, my, wife, uh, my wife's family did it, too. She's, she does a good, this sounds almost blasphemous, but it's a good vegetarian hop and john. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, Steve, did you grow up eating black-eyed peas? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, I don't know where it came from. I just knew that it was something we're supposed to do. Well, there, is, there are black-eyed peas in, of some kind in every culture. There's a peas. There's a, there's a tradition of eating peas on, on, on New Year's Day of some kind in black, whether it's lentils or whatever. But um, it really it was amazing when I started looking into it last year. I found out that you had this legend of eating your black-eyed peas for good luck, but it was in the 30s 
that a promoter in East Texas, there was a business promoter who wanted to sell more black-eyed peas. He started the Black-Eyed Pea Appreciation Society. He got placement on all these national radio shows, had Kate Smith talk about eating her lucky black-eyed peas, even got President Roosevelt to talk about eating lucky black-eyed peas, and just got the country to talk up black-eyed peas because that was what they grew a lot of at East Texas. So it was a, a guy in East Texas, Elmore Torn, of the East Texas Chamber of Commerce. You might have heard of his son, Rip Torn, or his niece, Sissy Spacek. So the, uh, mm-hmm. so, but it, he was the one who started and became, they said he doesn't have a pea pitch, a pea patch, never did. He isn't a pea picker, but he's become the nation's number one pea promoter. And so <laughs> he actually got the uh, marketing placement for Black Eyed Peas to become famous. And it was in the, eight, in the 30s when the East Texas started promoting it that it took off and all of a sudden, I mean, suddenly stores started selling, you know, 75% of their business was Black Eyed Peas in the days before New Year's. You mean just, this was an yeah. advertising yeah. promotion? Was, <laughs> yes, yes, this was all advertising. <laughs> this is like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer oh. and a lot of our other great traditions. Oh, okay. It yes. was all I'm a, mar- dis- I'm a little disappointed now. Marketing driven. <laughs> Doesn't it make but I do you like Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it make you want to start your own appreciation society for something like a chicken fried steak appreciation society? Mm-hmm. There's probably one of those out there already. Yeah, the Garbanzo Bean Appreciation Society. Mm-hmm. That's not nearly as big probably, but the, yeah, Black Eyed peas was all an east texas farmers marketing gimmick and uh, and just uh, it took the black eyed pea legend nationwide so well i'm glad it led to these hofbrow black eyed peas because they were very good yeah but the one other place that you can always get black eyed peas is cousins barbecue they always have it on their barbecue line it's a cafeteria style and they always have black eyed peas do you all know of any place else or cafeterias mm-hmm. i haven't looked at the menu but uh the place that comes to mind would be lucille's yeah no, they I don't, don't know if they do, but mm-hmm. I guess I think of it because Lucille's is in a form of Black Eyed Pea. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's why you're thinking, yeah. Lucille's and the Star Cafe are both in restaurants that used to be a Black Eyed Pea. But, mm-hmm. yeah, there, and there still is one Black Eyed Pea in Arlington, I think. So uh, there is still is a Black Eyed Pea. So if you're catching this in time, you can still – the the warranty is good up until midnight on New Year's Day. You can still mm-hmm. go out, get your Black Eyed Peas, get your good luck. So, you know, run out, get your Black Eyed Peas. Uh, we want to talk about some of the new restaurants that have opened and a couple that have closed. Uh, I guess in South Lake, the big deal is, and, and you've been to the one in Dallas. I never went to the one in Dallas. Uh, South Lake was the first time I've ever been to a Shake Shack. So uh, Shake Shack, uh, a couple of our uh, contributors, uh, Malcolm Mayhew and, and Anna Kaplan, are huge Shake Shack fans. And my reaction to Shake Shack when I went to Dallas, on granted that I was in a hurry. I was trying to get to a concert that I was reviewing um, and there was a bit of a crowd, so I kind of wolfed down my food. But it's, it's my reaction to almost anything that has a cult following. It never seems to be as good as its fans say it is, and it never seems to be as bad as its detractors say it is. The one in South Lake, we went to the grand opening, which was uh, two days before Christmas, and um, it had a, a, they have a Link Burger, which is a, a Texas, a Dallas-Fort Worth exclusive. It's a... Uh, uh, patty topped with a uh, pecan lodge sausage link and the sausage link which was a little pounded out did make the did make the burger i thought if you they took the link and just and just yeah it was kind of mashed to be almost in the shape of a so it was a burger with mashed sausage yeah well it was it still had a you could still see it was a link it wasn't so mashed that you couldn't see it was a link but they was like they shaped it into a patty form and uh pecan lodge sausage 
uh, I thought without it, it probably would have been tasted to me like an ordinary fast food burger. With it, it was really good. Um, so they're, they're, they are doing some things for um, Dallas-Fort Worth. Um, and uh, they're also, it's a small menu. Yeah. And they're saying that, you know, in the, in the same shopping center, South Lake Town Square, there is also a Five Guys, which is also, to me, fairly fast Burgers, food. yeah. And a Hop Dotty Burger Bar, which is a little more gourmet. Yeah, they're, they're they've got they can, three burgers in that same shopping center. And, uh, and the location of Snuffers just, just closed, closed yeah. Um, they so Shake Shack with the manager at Shake Shack. I think it was actually the regional manager was telling me that they they think they're you know they can play in the same space because they're not trying to be a, a fancy place like Hop Dotty, and they're not trying to be Five Guys. They're trying to be Shake Shack. What we did like was the uh, they do shakes and they do uh, concretes with uh, frozen custard, and one of the things they had was a pio mai, which was uh, that's another Dallas Fort Worth exclusive. It's a concrete pie and concrete made with Emporium Pies, uh, seasonal pie. Which was a great. I mean, Emporium is a great pie. If you're looking for a great pie shop, it, it's a it's a good pie shop to go to on the Oak Cliff side of Dallas. And it's it's on the Oak Cliff. It's uh, in Bishop Arts. It's a boy. Uh, you go in there on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon, and uh, it's not a very big place. And there's going to be a line out the door. Yeah, it's very popular. So this is a way of getting that in uh, Tarrant County. Um, the custard was really good. The okay, I'll agree with you about yeah. the very berry custard. Yeah. That was really good. I, uh, I, and I, I, I'm not going to say that the Check Shack was was bad, but I just I thought it was so so. I thought, I mean, I had the the smoke burger, which everybody seemed to have recommended, which has these like smoked cherry peppers and um, and chipotle and all this. And I I, I had I thought okay. I don't taste anything remarkable about it. It was not as good as the Burger Five burger that I had the other day. Uh, I mean, I, and I really thought Burger Five was a lot better. And yeah, you, 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 we have to let listeners understand that these. We went to Shake Shack. Bud was there on. I was there on the first day it was open. Bud yeah. was there on the second day. So. Yeah, it's a chain. You expect a chain to, to have its groove more quickly than a mom and pop restaurant. But yeah, the it bench still was does still need warm. to find its groove. Yeah. They hadn't they hadn't opened the patio yet. There was still, uh, no, still construction, construction materials. There they are saying that the patio. We were there like like I said, December twenty third. They were telling us the patio should be open in three weeks, and it'll double the size of the restaurant. Well, for somebody who'd always heard that Love Shack was patterned after Shake Shack. I think Love Shack outdoes Shake Shack. Oh, it, it's much better. Um, and he, it's patterned after Shake Shack, but Tim Love has put his own spin on those burgers, too. Yeah. Um, with the dirty Love sauce, with the Love burger, with the, the egg on top, which is fairly common now, but he was one of the first people around here to do it. Yeah. Um, hmm. You don't get the egg on top at Shake Shack. Well, I, when I said I think Shake Shack isn't even the best burger in Southlake, I was thinking of Kincaid's. But, I mean, you pointed out Hop, uh, the Hop Daddy's right there. In the same center, and un- unfortunately, another really good burger place, uh, Johnny B's, closed early this year. So, oh, there's, oh Johnny B's what? closed? Yeah, closed uh, in. Hello, Steve. January, Steve Wilson yeah. here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> January, February. Steve Wilson. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you, you, I, I, sometimes you're like, oh yeah, I wrote a story about that. I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, Johnny B's was good for a long time. Have you been to Shack Shack? Uh, no, I haven't been yet. No, I mean, it's it's uh, you know, and it's on the uh, South Lake Town Square is so big that it's not directly across the street from Hop Dotty or anything. It's over on the street 
Um, the front door of Shake Shack faces the front door of Trader Joe's, so it's just east of, of Trader Joe's. So, I mean, I'm sure that everybody could peacefully coexist out there. You know, I just I think people once they if they go to Shake Shack to be impressed. I think that they'll be just as impressed at Hobnotty and some of the other places. So here's the thing about South Lake. South Lake is, as I always say, it's a, it's a place with, um, let's call it affluent. It's an affluent community, but it's very family-oriented, and you want places that you take your kids in South right. Lake. And it's, uh, Shake Shack, once especially they double the size of it, is going to be very family-friendly. One of the most popular restaurants in South Lake is Torchies. It's you know unless you're there at nine o'clock at night, it's always got a long line. And that that is a distinction because Hop Dotty has the beer and the the bar and the Hop Dotty's more burger with a cocktail, and Shake Shack is more burger with a with a custard. Uh, I I agree. Yeah. Okay. Although maybe I start thinking of it because I like the custard more uh, custard with the burger. Okay, so Shake Shack is open. That's new. And if you um, if you get the Shake Shack app online through January 2nd, if you're lucky enough to be listening, you can get a free burger, and you can find out the code for the free burger by going on dfw.com, Eats Beat, and you can find out the code there for uh, for your free Shake Shack burger. That's, you have to buy one, but you get, you get your second one free. Now, we've got a couple of other openings coming up. In the next few weeks, we have uh, – we have two in the West 7th area. Well, the long-awaited one is zero degrees, uh, which I uh, – and I've struggled to describe on previous podcasts, but they're they're an Asian-Hispanic fusion chain, big on the manganadas. Uh, they have ube milkshakes. They have, <clears throat> they have a location in Arlington, um, a couple of locations in Arlington, and the one in, uh, I believe, Champions Park when it opened yeah. was drawing lines out the door. I think it slowed down a little bit. It is the one coming to Fort Worth. They're supposed to be doing a soft opening on January 2nd and 3rd. Then the grand opening, this is according to their Facebook page, the 4th through the 6th, if I'm remembering correctly. I could have the dates slightly confused. And it's in south of 7th, so 7. So 7. It'll further, further congest the traffic right. parking. So 7, where two places have closed in the past couple of months. Right. Uh, Bar- uh, Barcadia closed in December. That's across the – and both of them are across from uh, the zero degrees location. Three places have closed. And, uh, Arcadia, Max, Max's Wine Dive, and, and Mudsmith. Mudsmith. Mudsmith closed months ago. Though. Right, yeah. Um, I don't think Mudsmith lasted a year there. Right. And uh, so it's, it's a shopping center struggling. Zero degrees was supposed to open there. I think their original target date was June. So I think they're trying very hard to make sure they have everything ready and maybe – it will bring things back. I don't think the Chewies in that center is struggling because it's such a name brand, but I do worry about Fa District and um, anything else that opens there because it, it, it's, there's so much competition in that area. Well, and if you're looking for parking, I've seen people now park in the left bank shops and walk across the street to go to Chewies. So uh, obviously parking's at a premium over there. Well, there's a parking garage, isn't there? Back yeah, there, it's actually, garage. it's, it's uh-huh. weird psychology with parking garages because the parking garage is free. It's not just a residence, and yet you hardly see any cars in there. Yeah. And it, there's the same thing. People talk about parking on Magnolia. There's a free parking garage. Um, is it on? It's on Alston. Alston Street. Mm-hmm. And yet, a lot of people don't want to park there for some yeah. reason. Like if you stand at the corner of uh, of Conoroso or Brood, the parking garage, free parking garage, is a half block south. The parking garage in So Seven is at the end of the driveway. If you turned on the the driveway between the running company 
and where Max's used to be. I hate to use that kind of a description. Yeah, it's but right the, next to like a, a hotel or something. Yeah, like at, the, yeah. at yeah. the end of that road is the mm-hmm. free parking garage. Mm-hmm. So that'll be for zero degrees. And then in the Fosse Street warehouses, finally the much-promoted, uh, much-celebrated arrival of Hertz Donut. So Hertz Donut from Springfield, Missouri, and with all these locations in Kansas and Oklahoma. Hertz is a extreme donut shop with all kinds of uh, you know, icings and takeoffs and varieties. People tell me it's a bigger, sweeter donut than what you're used to at other places. It's like a a, a big, uh, you know, do- dinner sized donut. But it's a, but it, it's opening in Fo Street warehouses, which is where La Familia is, and the Avoca Coffee, and some of the other locations. That should be open later in January by the stock show. Is it going to be in the former? Um a Dagwoods location? No, it's in a former clothing shop. It's next to the uh, to the um, sushi. Um, the, the so now you eat the donuts, so your clothing doesn't fit. Right, exactly. We we've sort of had a donut renaissance in the past year here. I think we've with, had a donut uh, glut, if you ask me. With uh, needy donuts on Race Street, and they do some kind of. Fancier donuts, uh, Doughboy Donuts on Camp Bowie opening its brick and mortar. No, I they never see anybody, but I hope they're doing. They well. do some pretty fancy donuts. They have a s'mores donut where they actually torch the. Uh, they have, they actually have a brulee torch and they torch the marshmallow with it. And um, I'm worried Funky about Town, Funky Town, downtown. Funky Town Donuts. I'm worried about about uh, the donut shop on Camp Bowie. That uh, that uh, all I can tell you is Camp Bowie and Byers is not hipster donut territory, but the. But uh, Funky Town Donuts is doing great, and I hope Doughboy Donuts is picking up their west side attention. Which of these donut places do you like, Steve Wilson? Uh, I've been to Funky Town, yeah. but uh, that's, I think that's the one I'm more familiar with. We've all been to Funky Town. <laughs> the other thing that's <laughs> the fun, other thing's happening is that all these little neighborhood mom-and-pop donut shops are upping their game. Now if you go in one of the little donut places like on West 7th Street near the medical school or uh, – or on Bryant Irvin now they have all these, you know, you know, extra decorated, uh, you know, donuts with with cartoon faces and donuts with characters, and we could probably get them to do donuts with our three, our faces on them if if we wanted, you know. But it's like they have these, uh, you know, super deluxe donuts, so everything's everything's you know kind of trickling down to the mom and pops. I don't right? think I want my face on a donut. I, I couldn't eat my untrimmed beard. Are, are any of these mom and pop places starting to serve beer with their donuts? They're not serving beer. No, the beer, beer and donuts is still a um, a uh, a Homer Simpson delight. Mm-hmm. It's available primarily at, uh, funky, at downtown funky, at Funky, yeah, funky Town. Town. Yeah, yeah, Funky Town. Okay, so we've got donuts coming. We've got uh, zero degrees coming. We don't know what kind of restaurant it is. Ask your teenagers. All we can say, and then um, and then for. Um, and then now the other thing that's happening, of course, we've got a Cowboys game this weekend, and we have a little bit of food news in Arlington. Well, uh, we found out um, via the Arlington Foodies Facebook page that uh, Urban Bricks Pizza, which opened in late February in Arlington, has already closed. And uh, it's a I, – I never actually made it there. Neither did I. Uh, fast casual. I thought – I believe it described itself as fast casual Neapolitan um, it says brick and fast on the uh, on its logo. Brick and fast. It was a it was a you know, like Blaze. It was a walk down the line, you know, Chipotle pizza restaurant. Except that there's there's a Blaze right there. There's a Pie Five right there. Right. There's tons of restaurants. There's um, um, there's tons of restaurants. That we're it's in Champ. It was in Champions Park. 
So there's already competing restaurants in Champions Park with Torchy's Tacos and Zero Degrees being a couple of very popular ones. Understand the Social House there is doing very well. Social House is blowing the doors off, and that's that may be part of it. Social House ate up all Urban Bricks parking, but and uh, then Champions Park is. Some people pointed out structured a little weird to where the backs of the restaurants point to Collins. So it's you know sometimes you can actually drive by these places without even realizing you're driving by them if you don't know they're there. I didn't realize that until people started pointing that out. But Champions Park is designed in a very weird way, you know, at under. A normal urban design standard, you would have you would have the parking behind, and you would have the fronts of the restaurants be out on the street where you would see windows and people dining and things like that as you drove by. You just see concrete walls when you drive by these Champions Park restaurants. And if, if you're not familiar with it, it's uh, on Collins, just north of I-30 on the northeast corner. And as you're crossing I-30, you're just diving into uh, a sprawl of restaurants, of strip shopping centers. Um, so if it's you know something that is not jumping out at you, you're not going to notice it. This is actually on land where the toll gates used to be for the old uh, turnpike and it can, for the, when it was a pay toll road. And there were um, you had to exit and get off and pay and get back on. And all that land was just given back to the city for redevelopment and so that's that's now champions park and i think champions park also was sort of uh you know put up for its proximity to globe life park and to at&t yeah. stadium and now you have texas live which is beginning all the attention yeah including from us that's kind of being put as the tourist attraction as opposed to just this little restaurant development so cowboys this weekend where do you want to go um if I'm going to, you know, it's actually fun to watch a game at Texas Live. Yeah. Um, the problem, you know, on a game day, you do have to pay for parking there. Yeah, 20 bucks. Um, but they do have a really good um, screen. Or you can Uber in. or Yeah, and they, do, they have the, a huge uh, video wall there. And I, I've been there on a Sunday afternoon when they had an away Cowboys game, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, although it was early in the season when they were still not doing that well. And... Uh, I'm, I'm betting that crowd I, I didn't stay for the whole game but I'm betting that crowd didn't stay either this will be a big game because you know, everybody's excited just to be in the playoffs so it'll, it'll be a good crowd at, at uh, AT&T okay, you know, Candlelight Inn mm-hmm. is uh, on division and you have Candlelight Inn and Bojangles which usually gives up its place for parking but then you have the uh, Tortilla Factory there which all of a sudden the name slips my Marquez? mind Marquez Tortilla Factory which is always my number one tip for pregame breakfast or, or uh, any sort of uh, you know and enchilada tamales before the game but but going to champions park there are people now parking at champions going to social house and then walking to the stadium from there so it's people are starting to walk from north of north of the interstate all right we'll be looking for that and the uh, and coming up i have one thought about later in january it, it's only uh, a week until the stock show parade so the stock show will be kicking up we'll have all the new uh, all the food at the stock show we'll be talking about but one thing to point out is that the old j&j's oyster bar uh, on university drive near the stock show grounds has it's getting kind of fredified at uh, there are a couple of guys who used to work in the kitchen at fred's that are in j&j's now so besides all the gumbo and chowder and fried broiled oyster, um, oysters catfish they now have a brisket chili every day, and they have uh, also they have calf fries. So they have calf fries wrapped in jalapenos. So, so you have like you can have fried oysters or 
Cap fries. That is exactly what I was going to say. You can have Rocky Mountain oysters or fried oysters. This is not yet on the menu, but you can have a half-and-half oysters plate Uh of Rocky Mountain oysters and real oysters. So Mm -hmm. Jay enjoys the oyster bar, now includes mountain oysters in the oyster bar. Brings me fond memories of a story I did two or three years ago where uh, my former boss, Rick Press, said, I want you to go out and have calf fries like for lunch every day for for a week <laughs> and uh um he 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 did come along for one of those we we shared a plate of calf fries at um um, Horseshoe Hill. Did you come when we had the calf fries pizza at Cattleman's? Uh, I was not with you, but I have had the calf fries pizza at Cattleman's, yeah. which which is actually, if you're kind of leery of calf fries, this is yeah. a good way to start with them because it it kind of it kind masks. of masks the. It, I, I would compare the taste to like uh, you know chicken gizzards or livers or something or liver or something like that. And my dad ate the livers and the gizzards so i tried them i was not a huge fan but i didn't dislike them so much that i wouldn't have them again so should we say what they are in case some people don't well know what it the, is? the 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 um well if you're a cow you'll know yeah uh if you're if you're steer. a bull, steer you're steer steer you'll know if you're yeah. a bull you'll know yeah and uh the uh, so basically they are the what it uh so if you're a bull, you have the testicles. That's exactly uh-huh. the kind of explanation uh-huh. I'm looking for. If, you're, if bulls have the testicles, uh-huh. steers don't. Calf fries are what happens, or the what happens when the bull turns into a steer. Um, it's the left. People in the old people in the old cowboy camps did not want to put let anything go to waste, so they cooked mm-hmm. everything, including the testicles. Well, and they were first served in restaurants in the stockyards. Theo at what's now Rescue Sirloin in Theo's went down to the packing houses and they said they had a big pile in the corner and they said look we'll let you have all those you want for 25 cents a pound so he started frying them and serving them as oysters in his restaurant and most places uh fry them and bread them but um the original freds uh you can get the uh, the whole naked thing at freds um which is a little intimidating uh it's it's one of those things like i i had them at horseshoe hill and we we, we filmed a video of them being uh, prepared and you get to see the before and the after, and you're like, I kind of wish I hadn't seen the before. I don't know if you can still get those at the new cult- Culture Fried Freds. Maybe you can. Terry Chandler will let us know. Uh, I'm sure Terry would do it by request. He may need a little advance notice. We but. will investigate that and report back on the upcoming stock show edition of the Eat Speed podcast. Until then, I'm Bud Kennedy. I'm Robert Philpott. And Steve Wilson. 